It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as the lower leagues take centre stage while the Premiership shuts down. Partick Thistle can take a huge step towards safety if they beat Alwa, whilst Dundee United continue their push for the title. And as for the top flight, all about warm weather training and January transfer targets. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me this afternoon, Alex Ray, Gordon DL and Hugh Keevans. From Alwa to Arbroath, from Dundee to Dumfries. <laughs> And all parts in between We've got it covered The game doesn't close down Because the Toffs take a winter break There are other teams With other concerns And other ambitions We call them the lower leagues But that's only for the purposes Of instant identification They are not a lower life form And they'll prove that today It's the same main course Just different gravy That's all Yeah I've got to say I was looking at the games Just before we come on air Gordon I did say There's some really interesting games Crackers all around the country today I'm sure the guys and girls out there will enjoy it I was out a few years ago doing the, the usual championship League One stuff So I know how exciting it is But I'm delighted to be standing here beside Hugh and Alex You're only here because you got locked in Dumbarton last year <laughs> Couldn't get out, tried to climb a fence The health and safety folks at Clyde One were not happy about it So you're here for yeah. your own safety uh, But yeah, Gordon DL um, is with us Alex Ray the, is an interesting fixture card to look forward to this afternoon Yeah without doubt Gordon And uh, they will all be trying to Again I get secure certain spots Christmas period is always important uh, I think the big talking point today Will Alison soup Your lentil soup uh, <laughs> She was raving about it during the break there So not a lot of good games Gordon And uh, you know we've got some uh, FA Cup down the road as well And Hugh for everyone else For the top flight They are probably preparing to go on those warm weather training camps Some might not be heading warm weather at all It might be a bit closer to home But the winter break nevertheless um, A period where the fans drive themselves nuts Looking at transfer rumour yeah. and speculation And looking to get things back on track After the, the winter shutdown My favourite headline from this morning's papers was Celtic the possibility of getting Mohamed El Yunusi for a bargain nine million pounds. Yeah, Snip. giving him away at that price. I could just imagine Peter Warburg. Oh, 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 nine. Oh. <laughs> I, he won't be coming to Celtic for nine million pounds. Trust me. Oh, well, we'll maybe look at that situation uh, in the not too distant future, Gordon. And some people, from from a fan's perspective, they possibly think it's a bit of a shame that we have the winter break in the top flight. It, it cranks right up those festive fixtures on the 29th. Are brilliant. And then it has to go to bed for a couple of weeks Yeah but we can see the other side of the game Gordon We can promote the championship First division A lot of good games there where, um, We'll be waiting with um, Holding our breath Waiting for the breaking score to come in Play, yep. play mm-hmm. Cove So it could be a long day for Mark Wilson up there um, But I, As I said I've been out to these games Gordon And they're usually very entertaining It's a difficult league At this moment in time Dundee United are running away with it um, but there's some really good fixtures there And it's very tight at the bottom You look at a club like Morton Sitting second bottom full-time club They're in real trouble And then you look up at my old club Air United sitting in the playoffs as well So a lot of good games I think you know, when you look at the actual table Dazzler I think when you're at Queen of the South Dunfermline, Air Wobby Look to try and nick into that playoff spot mm-hmm. I think you know, there's a lot to play for yeah, But for the top flight teams Alex Although we don't have any games This... Yeah. 
social media age It's always on everyone's mind Every minute of every day You can constantly be checking in On what's going on yeah. And debating things from Five days ago And looking ahead to transfers And all the rest of it So the games might not be there But it's never far from The forefront of your mind Yeah and it keeps this show going Gordon because Everybody was speculating About who's coming in Who's going out And I think that's one of the key things That a lot of the teams Will be looking for There's a lot of As Hugh says A lot of dead wood Yes uh, Out there And they will be trying To get these guys Game time They'll be trying to free up some money To maybe bring in One or two Big deals Right massive games Across the championship And beyond this afternoon Let's start with Alawa against Partick Thistle Alison Conroy is there Just get out of the way Alison Get your priorities straight You've been banging on About this soup all week You're not even bothered About the football You're just wanting to get The best soup in Scottish football Did it live up to your, your hope? Yeah It's the best soup in the SPFL If anybody wants to disagree with me They're wrong Great Brilliant <laughs> I'm glad we got that out there What about the football match That might break out In 55 minutes time? Well, Partick Thistle, of course, have found some form with three wins from four in December. A victory today against bottom side Alloa would move them seven points from the foot of the championship. Peter Grant's side, though, will be buoyed by that win at Dunfermline a week ago. That came after four straight defeats. They do have injury problems here at Alloa. Only five on the bench and three are youth team players. Although it is just one change to the starting 11 for Alloa today. Two changes for Partick Thistle as Tamawir is ill and Osman Kake is away back to part QPR after his loan spell. So the teams will be for Alloa Jamie McDonald in goal, a back four of John Roberts and Scott Taggart, Robbie Dees and Blair Malcolm in the midfield. Kevin Colley, Stephen Hetherington, Ian Flanagan and Adam Brown up top. Liam Buchanan and Kevin O'Hara on the bench. Henry Gilhooley, Thompson O'Donnell and Gillespie. For Partick Thistle, Scott Fox in goal, a backboard of Ryan Williamson, Stephen Saunders, Sean McGinty and James Penrice. The midfield will be Joe Cardle, Stuart Bannigan, Reese Cole and Craig Slater and Kenny Miller just in behind the lone striker of Alex Jones. On the bench for Partick Thistle, Sneddon, Harkins, Robson, Mansell, Zanatta, Watson and Austin and your referee at the end of drill for this one is David Monroe. Uh, Hugh Keevan's a fascinating one We get lots of Partick Thistle fans On this show It's been a real roller coaster for them yeah. um, Obviously Gary Caldwell Not doing the business Ian McCall brought And even that itself Has been a roller coaster We've had Week to week It seems to change You know It's definitely it's, it's a relegation battle But then all of a sudden You put a couple of wins together And you can maybe Start looking Upwards you, you look at The run under Ian McCall I think it's 13 games 6 wins 1 draw If you replicate that Over a season Then yeah You you, you will be looking up Rather than worrying about Finishing bottom And yet part of the roller coaster Is that Tam Aware Scores the winning goal For Partick Thistle Against Morton Last Saturday And is unable to play This Saturday the, the great thing about this league And the peculiar thing About this league Dundee United Have got a 14 point lead Between them and Inverness 14 points they are the Liverpool of the Championship. They'll be declared the title winners very shortly. But within that league, anything can happen. Alloa are bottom. Dundee United went there and lost. Mm-hmm. Partick Thistle can take nothing for granted today. And by the same token, Peter Grant can take nothing for granted. Grantie. <laughs> and Alex, you look at someone like... Kenny Miller Turned 40 Just before Christmas He's got 9 goals In all competitions He's the only Partick Thistle player To feature in every Single league game This season At 40 So no sign of slowing down Yeah My teammate Gordon At Wolves He is uh, A credit to the profession The way he goes about His business The way he applies himself And uh, to be still Scoring goals And and, Well it's a 9 goals But you have to Take into Factor in that It's actually 
They've been down the bottom for most of that So he's probably mm-hmm. kept his cell going uh, Their form has been good of late Six wins in the last nine for Thistle So it's no bad, Daz Yeah, I've, I, I've looked at this game I, I just think this will be a difficult game for him I, I really do um, I wouldn't be surprised if Allah were fighting for their lives under Peter Grant Really well-organised coach I think that this will be a real hard game for part. I think they'll need to play at the top of their game if they're going to get three points. But I can, I can see Allah picking up something today. I really can because they're fighting for their lives. I think, me personally, you touched on with Dundee United. They've put a lot of money into the club, bought big, big players in. Yeah. But for me, and I look at the championship, I think the team so far is Dick Campbell's above. I think, you know, they're punching above their weight. Absolutely brilliant. And they've still got an opportunity, Alec, to get in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Maybe not one for the faint hearted either. Eight league red cards between Alloa and Partick Thistle this oh. season. Eight. Oh. And we're only just at the New Year. So there we go. One for oh. Alison Cornoy to look out for this afternoon. What about uh, Dundee United? They go to Queen of the South. And Andrew McLean is keeping an eye on that one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens here today because these it's been a really peculiar set of results between these two teams this season. Dundee United have been flying high, but they were hammered 4-0 here at Palmerston back in October. That then sparked Robbie Nielsen's side into life. They went on a nine-game winning streak, including getting their revenge, beating Queen of the South 3-0 at Tanadice in November. And they'll have all the confidence in the world. Flying high at the top of the league, Lawrence Shanklin posting up 17 league goals already this campaign. But it's been a much quieter season for another one of our Saturday bingo names, Stephen Dobie. He's just got six goals in the championship for the Doomhamers so far this season, but three of those have come in his last three outings. As for team news, Queen of the South start with Robbie McCrory in goal, who's actually won their last four Player of the Month awards. In the back four, it's Scott Mercer, Lee Kilday, Darren Brownlee and Kevin Holt. The midfield four, Connor Murray, Michael Payton, Darren Lyon and Abdul Osman. And it's Jack Hamilton and Stephen Doby up top. Just the four substitutes for them today, Leefield, Semple, Irving and Gurley. As for Dundee United, three changes from that one-all draw against Dundee last time out. Out go Reynolds, McMullen and Harks. In come Connolly, Sporla and Declan Glass, who spent the first half of the season on loan at Cove Rangers, but comes straight into the starting lineup for this game. A 4-4-2 for them. Benjamin Seagreese starts in goal. A back four of Liam Smith, Paul Watson, Mark Connolly and Jamie Robson. The midfield four, Louis Aperi, Declan Glass, Callum Butcher and Adrian Sporla, with Lauren Shankland and Nicky Clark, the strike force up top. The substitutes, Dennis Reynolds, Smith, Chalmers, King, Graham and Mockery Hugh Keevans a 14 point lead for Dundee United the biggest lead in Britain if you look across all the divisions so I take it from your mind it's a matter of when and not if oh yeah without doubt as I say they are they wish they were the Liverpool uh, of Scottish football but they and Liverpool they've only got a 13 point lead they're struggling uh, well that's Klopp for you Mm. I mean really second best Uh, but Andrew the first man to use nicknames The Doonhamers He called Queen of the South Will Allison Crack and refer to Aloha as the Wasps Playing the Jags Doonhamers Will one nothing for you Andrew I'm just glad it wasn't QOS As they sometimes <laughs> get referred to On this show Let's keep going around though A few fascinating fixtures Still to come In the Championship Dunfermline against Air United Roger Hanna Yeah I'll keep quite happy we've got the pars against the honest men at East End Park nice mild New Year weather and we're looking at a very nervy anxious game as these two teams pursue the last of what might be the, the promotion playoff places if you like both desperately out of form Gordon Dunfermline have lost the last three and United have lost the last two if Dunfermline win this afternoon they will leapfrog 
above air, but only on goal difference. And it, it's going to be a big three weeks for a United and their player manager, Mark Kerr. Away to Dunfermline, the team below them today. Away to Dundee, the team directly above them next Saturday. And then two weeks from today, back home at Somerset Park for a Scottish Cup tie against Premiership. Ross County. Little surprise then that Kerr, who was sent off in his last game, a 4-0 defeat to the leaders, Dundee United, recalls himself to the Air United team this afternoon. They go with Ross Doohan in goal. It's a back four of Andy Gegan, Aaron Muirhead, Stevie Bell and Daniel Harvey. Three-man midfield is Mark Kerr along with the captain, Ross Doherty and Stephen Kelly. And then a front three of Alan Forrest, Craig Moore and Luke McCowan on the bench. Mackenzie, Roscoe, Dolan, McGuffey, Moffat. Houston at here Reed. As for Dunfermline, I'm just checking. They've only two changes, I think, or maybe three changes, sorry, I should say, from last week's team that lost here at home to Aloha. Paul Payton, the captain, comes back into the team. Danny Devine comes back in central defence. And as a first start for Ethan Ross, who was just signed yesterday on loan from Aberdeen. So they will go with Ryan Scully in goal. Looks to me to be a defence of Aaron Comrie, Lee Ashcroft, Danny Devine and Lewis Martin. Midfield, Ryan Dow. Kyle Turner, Ethan Ross, Paul Payton and Greg Kelty. And up top is the top scorer and the love of Stephen Mill's life. Yes, it's Kevin Nisbet on the bench. Gil Murray, Thompson, McGill, Edwards, Todd and McCann. And the referee this afternoon at East End Park is Mike Roncon. The top scoring Scot of 2019. No less Kevin Nisbet. 34 goals in the calendar year, Roger. I know there has been some interest. Enough to see it. Move towards something more In the January window Well it, listen, It's like anything else We were having this discussion With an United centre Former 12 months ago In Lawrence Shankland And Ayr managed to keep him Until the end of the season To the end of his contract He headed off to Dundee United And he, he's scoring the goals Along with Nicky Clown That are going to take United Back into the Premiership I think Stevie Crawford Will be desperate To keep hold of Nisbet At least until the end of the season in the hope that the family can get up to the Premier League via the playoffs in United's wake if you, if you like um, he could make the difference if they sell him now you wonder where the goals are to come I, I think of more anxiety and pressure to Crawford this week is whether or not Kilmarnock are going to recall Greg Kilty Kilty and Ryan Dow on either side of Nisbet have created so many goals for the centre forward this season and if they were to lose one of those supply lines if Alec Dyer wanted to take Kilty back to rugby park to replace either Osman So or Simeon Jackson who have left this week that would be a big blow to Dunfermline as well Most people have done the United as title winners already what that means though is the battle for second is where it's at Fraser Wishart Dundee against Inverness that very much concerns you this afternoon It does and I'm really looking forward to, to this game Gordon two decent footballing teams and everybody's been talking about the championships in such a competitive division for many years but this year Dundee United are 14 points clear at the top and it's unlikely that either of these two teams that I'm watching today will catch them but it's still an important game second versus third just three points between the teams and with the playoffs at the end of the season now it does help to finish second because of course it means less games for either club to play in the playoffs should they try and get promotion both these clubs have been in the top fight recently I mean as Cali Thistle in the last decade even won the cup but relegation of course means changes to each side and each squad although having a look at the squads and when I read out the teams you'll, you'll get the gist of quite a number of top flight players are still in their teams but apart from United still very tight 
throughout this division below Dundee there are a number of clubs pushing for playoff places even down to Partick Thistle in 8th they've had a poor season so far but they're only 8 points behind Dundee who sit in 3rd place so all to play for here perhaps unsurprisingly James McPake the manager of Dundee is unchanged from the draw they got down the road at Tannadice in the derby the last time he'll end up with Jack Hamilton in goals a back four of Cammy Kerr Jordan McGee Josh Meekings and Jordan Marshall Paul McGowan Graham Dorans, Finn Robertson and Sean Mackey in midfield with Kane Hemmings and Danny Johnson up front the subs are Callum Ferry Jordan Foster, Josh Todd, Sean Byrne, Callum Moore, Leo Cameron and Michael Cunningham. My old teammate John Robertson has made three changes for the Inverness team because they lost last week at home to our both Vincent Todorov and Tamarco, two experienced players in there, have come into the side with McCart, Carson and White dropping to the bench. Mark Ridgers in goals, a back four of Sean Rooney, Cole Donaldson, Carl Tamarco and Kevin McHattie. In midfield, Miles Storey, James Vincent, Charlie Trafford and Aaron Doran with James Keatings and Nikolai Todorov up front. The subs, Jamie McCart. David Carson, Jordan White, Mitchell Curry, Brad Mackay, Cameron Mackay and Roddy McGregor and the referee today at Dens Park is Don Robertson You happened to see your old teammate John Robertson's post-match interview last week Fraser they lost to our broth as you quite rightly say and let's just say he didn't hold back he said they were embarrassing he said they were unacceptable he said nine players were below three or four in terms of the out of ten rating uh, he did exclude Mark Ridgers the goalie and Miles' story So <laughs> safe to say He's hoping for an upturn this week Yeah and he's only made Those three changes But I think when you've got A small squad Like like Cali Thistle have You know they, they've done Remarkably well Because I know they, They've had financial problems And they made real cuts To, to their squad I And mean, when you look around At some of the money That's getting spent Particularly down the road Here at, at Tanadice Then very difficult For them to, to, to compete But it, it's not like John I think he's a player Who does stay close to Sorry a manager Does stay close to his players um, And for him to come out And be as strong In his, in his words He's clearly looking For a reaction to Day and as I say, made those three changes. Brought in James Vincent, who played for Dundee here and who, of course, scored the winning goal for Cali in the cup final. He's brought in his skipper as well, Carl Tomarco, at the back to give them a bit more experience there. So clearly, he's looking for a reaction. And if they get the three points today, then they're six points clear of Dundee uh, with, with uh, going into the second half of the season in this battle for second place. So, quite an important game here today, as I said before. Although the, the league's done and dusty as far as we're all concerned, there's plenty to play for up and down this division. Yeah, championship shaping up to be a good day in that division, but there's more. Let's Let's go into League One and speak to Mark Guidi. He's looking ahead to Falkirk against Dumbarton. Yeah, uh, indeed, uh, through here in Falkirk, uh, Gordon, it's a League One game with Falkirk in third place on 32 points, three points behind the league leaders, Wraith Rovers. And for our own, Jim Duffy's team, a very respectable sixth place on 28 points. When you consider that Duff part-time scrambling about week after week for for players he is surviving very very well uh, in this league still waiting for the Dumbarton team uh, to come through we'll need to have a word with Duff he's not put it out in the club's Twitter site yet uh, but certainly for um, Falkirk a very impressive starting lineup and uh, a team and a squad that you would expect Lee Miller and, and David McCracken to get them out of this division in goals it's Robbie Much it's a 4-2-3-1 at the back it's Michael Doyle Gregor Buchanan, Mark Dunlin and Paul Dixon. The holding two, Margaro Gomez and Gary Miller. And it's David McMillan, Aidan Conley and Charlie Telfer in behind the top scorer at Falkirk. Declan McManus, who is on 13 goals. Uh, the Dumbarton team, uh, I've just got it. And a few changes from last week, so if you give me... Get back to me later on in a couple of minutes, I will get it um, shaped up for you. Uh, when you look at the top of that league to the guys in the studio that really is 
where it's at I mean the number of teams Separated by just four points It's four teams separated By four points At the top of that division It could not be tighter And the onus though Really is on Falkirk When you listen yeah. to that Starting 11 um, I've not had time To do the arithmetic On that one But certainly looked at Last week's starting 11 Plus the subs Pretty much all So they used 11 pl- 11 players that they used last week All had top flight experience yeah. And are now playing in League 1 So that tells you the type of Squad they've assembled And the expectation level to get up If you look at the Championship Dundee United are a Premiership team They have been down there For more years than they care to remember But they are In terms of supporter base Facilities They are a Premiership team Falkirk in League 1 Are Certainly a Championship team And possibly a Premiership team Because they have the ground They have the supporter base as well To be in the third tier of Scottish football Is an embarrassment for them But they are a team Who should be in a higher place Alec Absolutely I was just looking at some of their form um, Six wins in their last 18 games Now when you just mentioned and, and the guys were saying about the actual squad You think about that Who for a minute They guys have all played at top flight They're not getting the return for their money at the moment Let's leave it there then That's you got team news From all of our featured matches This afternoon We've got the top team All around the ground And we'll bring them all in In just a second As we look back On some of the biggest stories Of the week And uh, preview what might lie in store For this January break Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Championship taking centre stage this afternoon We've got Alawa Partick Thistle, Dundee, Inverness Dunfermline Air United, Queen of the South Dundee United And our other featured match today is Falkirk against Dumbarton Let's not forget our Broth v Morton as well A fascinating fixture in the Championship Hugh Keevans is in the studio with Gordon DL and Alex Ray And we have the top team all around the grounds as well Now at this stage on a Saturday we always get everyone involved And look back on the week's biggest stories There haven't been many this week Not since Sunday anyway because everyone's been uh, enjoying themselves over the, the new year period What is starting to happen now though To the guys out and about Roger Hanna let's start with you Is the, the rumour The speculation Everything that goes into the transfer window Is starting to, to crank up We were looking last night At what teams need And of course in this city Celtic and Rangers take much of the focus Do you see it being a, a, a busy period or not? Uh, not I think Stephen Gerrard's already gone on record saying he's not really planning to do very much at all. I think he would like to, to leave her off the wage bill. Some of the players, some of the fringe guys, you haven't seen much first team action, the likes of maybe Jamie Murphy, Greg Doherty, people like that. I think you might see going out, even if it's just in loan deals. I don't think he's planning to do very much in terms of bringing people in. The biggest job he might have is fending off interest in, in people like Glenn Kamara, James Tavernier, and of course Alfredo Morelos. And as for across the city, listen, with the Celtic fans on the phone every night saying Neil Lennon needs to do A, B and C, Neil Lennon, I can't see panicking. And I think if Celtic do A, B or C, it might well be deeper into the month. Yeah, a lot of the focus this morning in the newspaper, Shuk Evans, was something you mentioned earlier on, Mohammed El Yanoussi story suggesting that if Celtic want them, they can get them for £9 million. You've made your feelings quite clear. You don't think that's a go. Not a chance. Why not? Uh, Celtic won't pay that money for El Yanoussi. Their, their highest ever fee is £9 million for Odson Edward, and they'll get that money back one day and more. Uh, but Celtic will not pay that kind of money in the January window for El Yanoussi. They will hope that El Yanoussi can recover form and fitness in the back half of the season because the Rangers result, if you're being truthful, 
And I mean, if you're being truthful, that result has spooked Celtic. Uh, and they know that Rangers are knocking at the door now. Uh, and Celtic need to sort themselves out at the back. Not necessarily with buys, because there are players there who can come in. El Hamed, Greg Taylor, uh, they can come in and lend a hand. But Edward needs help, uh, because Edward may suffer loss of form, may suffer an injury. In the back half of the season And Celtic need additional cover there For sure You're quite right about £9 million Being the record transfer fee ever spent by Celtic But is it really so unrealistic to think That if you spend £7 million on Christopher Julian You wouldn't spend nine on another player I fully understand that The main priority for Celtic and Rangers Is to win this league If Celtic do not win this league There'll be a furious backlash Among the Celtic supporters But Celtic will not pay that money for El Yanusi. Not now, not at the end of the season. Uh, but Peter Lawwell and Dermot Desmond must be aware of how close to the wind that Celtic are sailing now. Stephen Gerrard has done a remarkable job with Rangers this season. The result at Celtic Park was indicative of the pendulum beginning to swing. Does it swing all the way? Celtic... And their recruitment staff have a big month in January to prevent that being the case. Mark Weary, have you seen enough of him to, to judge accurately whether that would be a, a sensible investment at this point in time? No, there's no way you're paying £9 million for El Yanusi in January. You, you review it at the end of the season and uh, they may well consider it, but only if they win the league. Celtic don't win the league. They don't have the chance to go for £25 million quid Champions League money in the summer. Therefore, you can't spend £9 million on, on one player. Now, if you were throwing Fraser Foster into that transfer fee, I could see it. If they can go in and bear in mind they do have a good relationship uh, with Southampton. They've completed several pieces of business uh, in and out uh, of the club, so there's a, a relationship there. But it's not only about the transfer fee, and this goes for Fraser Foster as well. You know, you're, you're, you're talking the guts of a hundred grand a week for both players. You know, fifty, sixty grand in, in wages. So you'd need to work that out, and that would come into the package. But I agree with, with, with you. A, I don't know if he is worth nine million. I like him. And I think he's certainly, if he's fit, he's a regular starter for Celtic. But you can't pay nine million pounds just now for a player until you've won, unless you have won the league. Fraser, is it safe to say that strengthening Celtic's squad is a more realistic aim for January rather than automatically strengthening that starting eleven? Because I know lots of people were critical of the game on Sunday and, and rightly so and even the previous performance against Rangers but, but that team has won quite a lot and there are no glaring holes in the starting 11 which you could automatically improve by spending a couple of million pounds yeah, and, and nor is there any glaring holes in the in the squad Gordon either just maybe a striker a an extra striker maybe an extra striker and maybe somebody at centre back I mean Simunovic is, is, is going to come back hopefully soon but maybe a wee bit short there if there's one or two injuries. Uh, El Hamad's come in and he can play in there, but he again has had injuries, and that's been the problem is that a number of the, the new players that they signed and came in and looked really good, El Hamad, and also Elinousi for a spell was looking like a terrific signing as well, but both have picked up a number of injuries. So I, I think it's about quality 
I think it's about bringing in somebody that's going to make a difference. I don't think either squad needs cover players. They have enough players. That, that may be dependent, as you were talking earlier, about players maybe going out. But they need players that are better than the ones they have. I think a striker is one. And, and I think maybe somebody at the back as well. But they need somebody who's going to make a difference. Who, who's going to be the player, whether it's be a defender, a goalkeeper, or, or a, one more point for Celtic, maybe a striker, that's going to score that odd goal that's going to win them the, the, the championship? Because this is a, going to be a tight running. It's going to go right to the very end of the season and very, very fine margins. And it could just take a, an injury to Edward, for, for example, just about for a, for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or whatever else. And that could be a problem for Celtic. So I do see that being a, being a, a priority for them. But for both of them, I don't see huge numbers of players coming in. They don't need it. They need a couple of players that are better than the ones they've got. And if they're not, there's no point in bringing them in and, and wasting their money. I certainly agree with uh, what the guys were saying there. I do think that you look at, <coughs> sorry, El Yanusi. He is a terrific footballer. But in my opinion, I wouldn't be paying £9 million for him. Plus, on top, top of that, you've got a, a huge wage bill as well. I think they've got to concentrate on getting someone in to give cover to Edward up front. They certainly need it. It looks like Griffiths isn't going to play that big major part that everybody thought he was going to do. Uh, come on against uh, Rangers at the weekend and he just he looks miles behind in fitness for some unknown reason. I, I can't understand that. Um, but I think they need to bring in someone just in case anything happens with Edward. But it's okay us sitting here saying, well, they need a striker. Sometimes the January window's the hardest place to go and get the quality that you want. It might be a loan deal, I don't know, but I don't, I don't think it's just a case of Fraser's right numbers. It's got to be somebody with a bit of quality to come in and make a difference. See the the Elanusi, see the Elanusi scenario, I wouldn't imagine Celtic would pay that until the summer. Now, I actually think he potentially could step into that Celtic team. That left-hand side has been a, a thorn for him oh. since Sinclair fell out of the picture. For me, both sets of uh, teams have to look about getting people out, getting people playing games. Mm. You look at Rangers... Barjonas, Doherty, McPake, Murphy, Polster, Herrera needs to get after the wage bill as well. At Celtic, you've got a couple of question marks. Is Griffiths going to go out and loan to try and get some game time? Henry, Morgan, Shved, Bio, not done it, Hugh. No. And then you've got the big Ernan and Sinclair. So I think most of the business mm. will be going out. And as, as the guys have said, quality coming in. One of you was trying to come back in there, but forgive me, we're yeah. battling against PA systems. Well, I'm just going to say, I, I, I agree with, with Alec. And, you know, Celtic could easily get rid of six players and it wouldn't harm them. Rangers could get rid of four or five and it wouldn't harm them but I said in the summer with Celtic when you consider what they've achieved over the past few years how healthy their, their, their balance sheet is and this, the spending power that they have if they need to use it and I said at the start of the season is Bolingoli the best left back that Celtic can possibly get? No he's not he's nowhere near it the question I would ask in this window is is Lee Griffiths the best backup striker that Celtic can get for the second half of the season? Not just to support um, Edward, but to really push him to really push him and make sure you bring the best out of him no he's not Rangers have it Morelos is the best striker that Rangers can get and Defoe is the best backup striker they can get Celtic don't have that and if they don't bring in a striker I know January is a difficult month but that mm. shouldn't be a reason or an excuse you've only mm. got one signing to make I think Celtic and it is a right good number nine if you don't get a right good number nine in this window you risk losing the league Mark do you, do you think potentially that could be a loan deal though you know Celtic have done yeah, that in recent anybody, years yeah. anybody Alec you just need to go and get somebody Lee Identify Griffiths someone. has been out of the picture for more than a year it's unfair on him to, to think that he can come back and find any kind of form to help to be, to be a major player in the uh, second half of the season you can't, you can't do it it's not fair on them 
and he's not anywhere near ready to go and do that. You must bring in a number nine. Fraser Wisher, how difficult is the January transfer window? Because it's it's a phrase that I hear a lot, but I sometimes wonder if, if that's perception rather than reality. Because Mark Guidi's just described Jermaine Defoe as being the best backup striker Rangers could possibly get. They got him in January, so you know it, it can be done. It can be done, but they're few and far between. And, and I think one of the big things for Celtic is to convince in these days of playing with one striker, which most teams do, you've got to convince somebody to come and say, you're going to be back up. I want you really to push your guy uh, hard. And Because Edward will play. I mean, I think he's a fantastic striker. And he'll play if he's fit. So you've got to convince somebody going to come up from England or come from abroad. And it might well be put, pulling out a loan just for the next six months is, is the way that they go about it, as they did initially with, with, with Defoe. So that is a problem as well, to try and say to somebody, come and play for Celtic, it's great, we're going for the Championship, we're in the Europa League, but you're not going to play if Edward's fit. But the the thing is, Fraser, the world's a big place, and Celtic know the backlash that will follow not winning this title, this particular title. So the world is their oyster, money talks, money would need to be spent, because Lee Griffiths is nowhere near it, as Gordon Dale said, and... They, Peter Lawwell, Neil Lennon, Nicky Hammond in charge of recruitment, they will not be forgiven mm. by the Celtic supporters if the failure to get in cover for Edward does result in the loss of the title. Gordon, you made a very valid point there about bringing in Defoe last January. I think if, when you reflect and have hindsight, he wasn't fit. It took him months to get up to speed. And I think mm. that's one of the factors that they also have to bear in mind whoever they go and get. Mm. Um Roger Hanna Players going out Fall into a couple of different categories There's dead wood Which Hugh Keevans describes them as Which upset a, a caller I believe he, he In my that, absence He said it was an offensive word It's I'll, not an offensive word I'll, It's part of the game's vocabulary It is simply A word that describes An accumulation of players Who will not get a game I'll leave you for one night And you go about upsetting people uh, But Roger Hanna The other category is players That might leave But you don't want them to And I noticed in the back page Of your paper I think it was this morning Stories linking James Tavernier With Newcastle <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that, that's a byproduct of the success that Rangers are having. That you know, Sheffield United have watched Glenn Kamara, Newcastle have watched James Tavernier. However, many teams have watched Alfredo Morelos. I'm sure other clubs will be watching other Rangers players as well. I think Roma have had a look at Borna Barisic. That, that might be the hardest task, not so much for Stephen Gerrard, but for Ross Wilson and the Rangers board to make sure that they're in a position to repel any bids for key first team players during the month of January because just as Celtic don't want to be losing any of their top players in January when there's a, a title fight on Stephen Gerrard won't want to be losing a Tavernier or a Kamara a Barisic and especially not a Morelos Mark Goody that bit could be every bit as interesting because everyone knows Dave King made no secret of it at some point Rangers are going to have to start trading players they're going to have to start making money off players but at the same time this season's a bit different You maybe have to Think about all that stuff At another time Given what's at stake And as for Celtic Maybe It is a bit more about Can you get Scott Sinclair And his 40 grand Moved off the wage bill Or, or things like that Yeah I mean uh, For Rangers I, I see the, the, the story Of Tavernier in Newcastle This morning 100% Accurate There is an interest From, from Newcastle It's been a long standing thing and, and, and not just with the football club But with Steve Bruce as well, he's always liked Tavernier. Um, Rangers won't sell Morelos. Uh, I don't think they can sell Tavernier either. I know you could, you could argue that, that, that John Flanagan could go in there, but you're weakening that position despite what some Rangers fans might think about Tavernier. He is, by a distance, the best right back at the club. Now, if Rangers do need to raise a few 
quid. I, I don't think they do, but if they thought, you know what, maybe we will just cash in on, for example, the the model that Celtic have had, you know, you buy for a million, you try and sell for eight, nine or ten, then Glenn Kamara would strike me as one that they might be able to afford to lose if the if the money was right. You know, if you're talking five, six million quid for a, for a Glenn Kamara, bear in mind you got him a year ago for 50 grand, for me that makes financial sense all day long. But as long as you consult Stephen Gerrard and say, no, look, we need to wait. But if he thinks, no, if you're going to give me a chunk of that five or six million and I can go and improve another position, then, you know, I could maybe see something like that happening. Yeah, it's interesting that Mark mentions Kamara there. I think he's been a terrific buy. Uh, and we were just kind of looking at each other and I was saying to myself, Rangers have four central midfielders. If you sell one, uh-huh. and if you look at Davis in the last few weeks, then you're leaving yourself short. And, and I think Kamara plays in all the big games now. They all have a price. Do you, put, do you put them in the price bracket that Mark was saying? Five or six? Five or six million? Well, I think when you're talking about Premiership uh, money, I think five or six is chicken feed to them. I just think uh, this season, Alec, Rangers have worked very hard to get themselves into the position, uh, you know, going into this winter break. You cannot go... And sell any of your best players. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I really, I, I can understand uh, to, to, to about be, yeah. money coming in, but your, your job is to try and get some of these players, as Hugh said, Deadwood ones, out the door, get them off their wages, whether it's in loans or whatever it may be. But you cannot go and sell your captain, mm. a Tavernier, no. a Remdy. Alistair Johnson gave an interview this week, and he's the former Rangers chairman, and he gave an interview which pressed all the buttons for the Celtic supporters. He enraged the Celtic support by talking about Rangers. Now, Alistair Johnson and Dave King want a legacy, which is, we gave you Stephen Gerrard, and we stopped Celtic from winning nine in a row. They don't want a legacy that is, we gave you Craig White, we put Rangers into liquidation, and we couldn't recover from it. So no one's leaving Rangers who counts mm. and that includes Kamara no one who counts is leaving in this January window to be fair to Mark and we don't have time to, to go back mm, it and yeah. get into it I think he just meant that Kamara was one that would perhaps be more likely than yeah, the rest because of fun. the replacements available and all the rest of it anyway let's park that for at least a little while because we've got some big games coming up in the championship and beyond and the kickoffs are just under 20 minutes away Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. 15 minutes to kick off in the SPFL this afternoon. Alloa against Partick Thistle, Dundee, Inverness, Dunfermline Air, Queen of the South, Dundee United, and our Broth Morton in the Championship. Falkirk Dumbarton is our featured match in League One. Let's go back around some. Of the grounds uh, Alloa against Partick Thistle's interesting Probably get a bit of a six pointer Feel about it Alison um, Rhys Cole's one that's extended his stay From Brentford during the week Ian McCall I assume though Still hoping to do a bit more business During this window Yeah he's looking to bring in a couple of, Obviously as I said before um, Osman Kake He's left He's gone back to QPR After his loan deal So that leaves a gap as well You know the likes of Tam, Tam Aware of course Is out today as well He should be back in But it leaves them light When they've got these injuries So looking to strengthen I spoke to him briefly Before the game But he was quick to rush back Down the tunnel While he was getting ready Before the game But yeah it's a great wee atmosphere here I have to say A decent crowd as well From Aloha fans And Partick Thistle fans Filling up the, the little temporary stand Across the other side of the pitch So I think it's going to be A, a great game in prospect here Gordon And in the book of General football cliches Going away to places like Alloa Brings its own challenge But at the same time Partick Thistle have won Two thirds of the points 
away from home so actually on their travels has been a bit more successful than at Firhill this season yeah they do well away from home you've got to remember it's the plastic pitch at Alloa, which can sometimes make a little bit of a difference, but I hate going into that too much and blaming the plastic pitch or saying that that might mean something because they are playing Alloa. I'm not talking down Alloa, but Alloa are bottom of the table today. Yes, they had that win last weekend, but Partick Thistle won three out of four in December. They have found that little bit of form, and the incentive is there for them today that if they do win, they move seven points away from Alloa and up to a little bit more of a safety position. Yeah, two one all draws between the sides this season. They are fairly tight. Eighth place, two points above Morton, four points above Alloa. That's the picture for Partick Thistle this afternoon. Can they add to it between now and just before five o'clock? Let's go to Queen of the South Dundee United because, as we mentioned earlier on, a 14-point lead at the top, the biggest lead in Britain. For Dundee United um, You just can't really get away from Dundee United And Lauren Shankland Andrew McLean I think it's 21 this season in all competitions He's got a Scotland goal to add on top of that He's going to be vital um, If they are to try and kick on and win that league as soon as possible Yeah, 17 of those goals just in the league as well And Dundee United did take a massive gamble in the summer With the amount of money they put down To bring Lauren Shanklin to the club at the start of the season And in doing that they've really had to get promoted Because this is a fourth season without top flight football And it's certainly going to plan so far And you'd think that they're going to have to fend off some interest in January as well I know that Queen's Park Rangers have been touted with an interest in Lauren Shanklin Robbie Nielsen did say back in November that they wouldn't be entertaining any bids but we're interested to see how they handle it if any bids do come in but there has been the emergence of other players as well the likes of Louis Perry has come in and been really good These Lauren Shanklin has also struck a really good partnership with Nicky Clark so plenty of players in there as well as Sam Stanton a lot of attacking flair in that Dundee United team and that's why they've scored so many more goals than any other team in the division they're looking good for it as for Queen of the South they did finish second bottom in that relegation playoff spot last season but they're only three points off the playoffs this time round but Stephen Dobby we're talking about Lauren Shanklin his goals for Dundee United how vital has Stephen Dobby been for Queen of the South in the last three seasons this season not scored as many goals and it's the loss of Lyndon Dykes that probably has been pivotal to that because we've seen him in the Premiership this season he's been a handful for some of the top defenders in the division Stephen Dobby used to feed off that really well but he doesn't quite have that same partner this season but as a team they seem to be picking up a few more points that just can't find that consistency at the moment I think it's 19 in the league this season but I'm certainly not causing any arguments so early into the new year Hugh Keevans just around the corner for Dundee United and I know the league is the priority but if they can keep this good run of form going a game at home against Hibs in the Scottish Cup in just a couple of weeks' time, I'd imagine they'll have designs and causing a bit of an upset there. Yeah, uh, I mean, at Hibs side who have blown hot and cold under Jack Ross, uh, they've had their moments and they've also had their negative moments. So they would be looking to that one. Uh, as I say, Dundee United are a Premiership club playing currently in the Championship. And Dundee United Hibs will be restored to the fixture list next season as a Premiership fixture. In the meantime, they'll fancy their chances all right in that cup tie. Dunfermline against Air United. All the talk about Lauren Shanklin. Roger Hanna's watching the top scoring Scotsman of 2019 and Kevin Nisbet. Uh, up against a team, Roger, who you've got to feel a bit sorry for Mark Kerr in the sense that Ian McCall was always going to be, you know, big shoes to fill, but you can't. Really ignore the the decline since Ian McCall left Somerset Park. 
Yeah, they're having a wobble. There's no two ways about it, Gordon. I actually saw them when Ian McCall brought Partick Thistle back down to Somerset Park shortly after his appointment and covered the game for Super Scoreboard. And the United were terrific. They whacked Partick Thistle 4-1. It could have been more. McCall himself said it could have been 6 or 7 after the game. And here at that stage looked well set to, to push the United close for the championship. But they have had a really, really sticky run of form since then. They've had injuries. They've had, you know, sending off problems. The player manager, Kerr himself, was dismissed at Tannadice a couple of weeks ago so I would say these next three games could be pivotal in which direction Ayr's season goes under Matt Kerr, away to Dunfermline this week, away to Dundee next Saturday game will also be covering for Super Scoreboard and then this cup tie against Ross County, win the three of them and Ayr will be happily lodged in those promotion playoff places, tucked in probably behind United and Inverness Cali Thistle if you were to lose the three of them then it suddenly starts, you know, United people looking over their shoulders at the teams below them, the likes of Queen of the South and Arbroath and Morton and Partick and Alloa. And the worry would be this championship's so close this season, and United notwithstanding, the championship's so close, they could easily be sucked into to a relegation fight. Yeah, and also looking at fans perhaps of top flight clubs, Roger, who are keeping an eye on, on things they wouldn't normally get the chance to. I'm, I'm looking through that Air United team. Uh, they've got Ross Doohan on loan from Celtic, Stephen Kelly on loan from Rangers, both starting. Jordan Houston also on loan from Rangers. Uh, he's on the bench. So maybe a chance for people to keep an eye on how their youngsters are doing. Yeah, and, and two of the young homegrown players that are worth coming to see are Alan Forrest, who, who is always perennially will be known as James's wee brother, but a terrific player in his own right. And another flank, young Luke McCowan, who came through in the latter days of Ian McCall's reign at Air United, and is a terrific winger. If he continues his development, it won't be long till you see him in the Premiership, whether it's with Ian or whether it's with someone else, Gordon. Uh, now, Dundee against Inverness is a fascinating fixture because... One of the real battles of the championship is that battle for second. Two teams who've recently been in the top flight, Dundee and Inverness. They've already met three times this season due to the League Cup. It's a, a one narrow win each and a nil-nil, Fraser. So, as usual, you're true to form. That probably won't be much in it today. I'm not I'm not calling you the nil-nil king because it's not true anymore. You've been getting a goal fest recently. Um, but it, it certainly has the look of a tight game. I did have that written down in front of me as well. Those results 0-0 here in August in the league and 1-0 to Dundee here at Dens in, in, the, in the League Cup. And I think that just shows there's nothing between the teams. I expect a few more goals here, here today because they, they both have fairly attacking formations and players in key areas that can that can hurt the opposition. Experienced strikers at Dundee. Danny Johnson, who was playing for Motherwell last year, scored a number of goals as well. Kane Hemmings has scored a lot of goals both in the Championship and the Premiership for, for Dundee. So they do have players that can hurt each other. But I think for both these teams, as you said, that recently relegated, Financially, it's so important to be in the Premiership. You have to restructure. They've kept strong first 11s, but uh, have young players in and around their squad, which is the way to do it here. And I'm looking forward to seeing a young lad called Finn Robertson, who James Pate speaks very highly of any time I speak to him. He's, he's playing in midfield and attracting a lot of attention from professional clubs. He's only 17 years old. An advantage being that James was his youth coach for a couple of seasons as well. So that's a great advantage that Dundee have when they can, they can promote these young lads and, and uh, the manager knows them so well but uh, you, you can't stay in the championship forever and with Dundee United run away with it down the road there's a bit of pressure on Dundee to, to get into to, certainly to second place and make the, the playoffs a little bit easier for them at the end of the season That's uh, quite the PA system that you're competing against in the background and is this the only restricted view press box that you've been to this season Fraser you've been getting the luxury of the top flight you're slumming it in the championship and it's not often easy to see the full pitch from the Dens Park press box it's not for, for <laughs> those who, who 
listening, watching the television, we're on the far side in the main stand, but towards the, 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 the tunnel end, if you like, where they come out in that corner. So the far away goal, Gordon, I've not got glasses yet, but I'm testing myself here at my age to see what's going on at, at, the, at the far end. But uh, always a great place to come and play. It's a good surface here at Dens Park and uh, hopefully a decent atmosphere as well. You know? And uh, so I, I think that certainly today's game should be a good spectacle. Looking forward to it. Speaking of spectacle and eagle-eyed, uh, someone tweeted in, Hugh, because it was a picture taken of the studio. I point out that only Gordon DL is spectacle-less in the studio this afternoon. You've got yours on. Alex has got, I think, what might be his wife's son, if I'm being honest. I'm yeah. Yeah. Looking at them. They're not the best. <laughs> well, I've got see, to say they are not the best. Gordon DL is being topical. The rest of us have got the Gregory Pecks on, but Gordon, this is 2020, ah. and he's yet 2020 vision. Minor of laziness. The contact lenses are in the pocket. I'll deal with them later on. Mark Greedy for Falkirk against them. Barton, though, this really is the, the business end of the season starting early for Falkirk because they, they really need... To keep this up The expectation level For them to get promoted I would imagine Dwarfs the rest of the teams In that League One Yeah And you know Look at the quality Of the, the starting lineup, The bench And you know and, and one or two other players Not involved Today You know, you know I think it, it really would be a, a major Underachievement If they didn't get up And I know that, that um, Lee Miller And, and, and Dave McCracken Have come in um, They've taken over in, in the middle of the season So it's not all on their shoulders But they must be confident surely of getting this team together and, and making a push like I said at the top they're in third place at the moment they're only three points behind uh, league leaders Wraith there's plenty of games to go and sort that out and looking at this squad I mean I remember Charlie Telford that Rangers are a right good young player and you know there, there was an outcry when Rangers lost him to Dundee United he was that highly thought of Ibrox young Aidan Conley he's always caught the identical McManus as a, as a goal scorer Margaro Gomez and Gary Miller in the middle of the pack uh, for you, Michael Doyle and Paul Dixon, your fullback. So, Falkirk, for me, um, really should be getting up, and I, I would expect them to, to win this league come the end of the season. So, big games in the Championship League One and League Two this afternoon, and the kickoffs are next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com. Uh, full time at the Enderdrill Stadium, Alawa 1, Partick Thistle 1. Two penalties for Thistle, they capitalise on one to leave with a point. Scott Fox pulled off a great double save early in the match to deny Alawa the opener. Liam Buchanan's effort was tipped over the bar before he stopped another effort on the line. There were some screams from the Alawa players that it had, in fact, crossed the line. Kenny Miller with the chance for Partick Thistle before the break came close but denied by a great save by Jamie McDonald. It was end-to-end -end in the second half. Reese Cole's shot was touched over by Jamie McDonald as Partick Thistle pushed for the opener. Adam Brown's free kick went just past the post for Alawa before he made it 1-0 Alawa in the 63rd minute. His shot deflected past Scott Fox. He had another chance soon over, soon after he shot just outside the box and a great save by Scott Fox denied him at the other end. Reese Cole then had a 25-yard shot for Partick Thistle but McDonald got a touch to turn it past the post. Partick Thistle were then awarded a penalty in the 72nd minute after Robbie Dees handled in the box. Up steps Stuart Bannigan, but Jamie McDonald went the right way and denied the Thistle player. Two minutes later, Partick Thistle were awarded another penalty after another handball. Up steps Stuart Bannigan again, and he made no mistake firing low under McDonald into the back of the net. Gary Harkins then headed just over the bar for Partick Thistle as they pushed and pushed for the winner, but they couldn't find it, and they do leave the end of drill with a share of the points. Full time it is Alawa 1, Partick Thistle 1. And it's full time in League One. Falkirk against Dumbarton. Mark Guidi. 
full time at Falkirk 3 Dumbarton 0 and a deserved victory for the Bairns as they keep the fight up to win the championship and automatic promotion up uh, division they won this match comfortably they took the lead in the 37th minute a beautiful strike from Charlie Telford edge of the box 18 yards may have taken a slight deflection but it flew past goalkeeper Connor Brennan and into his bottom left hand corner of the net just before that Dumbarton had almost taken the lead with a shot from Rory Langen rattled off the crossbar 10 yards out and that was really the only time that that uh, Dumbarton really threatened the Falkirk goal. The second half, it was very comfortable for the Bairns. Declement Manis made it 2-0. A beautiful glancing header, seven yards out from Aidan Conley's cross. That was in the 62nd minute. McManus almost scored again in the 75th minute. He had a shot that was saved by Conor Brennan, although he may well have squared it to Conor Salmon to leave him with a tap-in. But McManus got his 15th goal of the season, six minutes from time, across into the box, and he was there to volley from close range to make it 3-0 and give the Bairns a deserved victory. Full time here at the Falkirk Stadium, Falkirk 3, Dumbarton 0. The race for second in the Championship is a fascinating battle. Dundee played Inverness today. How did it end, Fraser Wishart? Dundee 0, Inverness Calgary Thistle 2. Inverness stretched the lead over Dundee to six points. All the damage was done in the first half. An excellent first 45 by Cali. The goals of Aaron Dorn and James Keatings winning the match. Dundee better in the second but didn't really look like getting back into the game if we're being perfectly honest and as I said completely dominated the first 45 minutes Dundee keeper Jack Hamilton had three decent saves from Keatings, Todorov and Trafford before they took the lead in the 17th minute Sean Rooney galloped down the right hand side to go into a McHattie switch he cut the ball back from the byline 12 yards out and Aaron Dorans came in from the left wing to smash it home high into the net excellent finish by the winger 2-0 in 24 minutes this time it came from a Dundee corner as it was cleared Sean Rooney put a lovely ball to Aaron Doran who flicked the ball into the path of James Keating he was clean through from 40 yards out it was a cool finish as he ran into the box by the Cali Thistle striker past the goalkeeper Dundee really poor in the first half it had to be much better in the second it immediately was a bit better from the dense park side Dundee left back Jordan Marshall brought out a, a save with his right foot shot first save of the match from Ridgers low to his right hand post same two involved again a couple of minutes later again another right foot shot from Marshall this time Ridgers saved low to his left hand side just pushing the ball away and then Inverness Cali Thistle keeper had to just tip a Palmer given header over the bar it was better for, for Dundee but Dundee's problems summed up by the fact that left back Marshall was the biggest threat another shot deflected inches wide with the keeper beaten but still he didn't feel that Dundee would get a goal and in terms of chances that was it and although they were pushing Cali back Cali defence was very very comfortable in fact Cali were probably the more likely to score on the break and the game just petered out to a comfortable win for the visitors long day and booze at the end from the Dundee fans the team will have to be play better from now until the end of the season if they're going to stay off in the playoff places full time at Dens Park Dundee nil and Vinicius Cali Thistle 2 and it's also full time between Dunfermline and Ayr Roger Hanna no I'm no, afraid it not yet <laughs> it is not Palmerston it is full time though Queen of the South Dundee United Andrew McLean Queen of the South nil, Dundee United won the full-time score from Palmerston and Robbie Nielsen side keep their 14-point lead at the top of the championship with another win. There was early chances for both teams with Stephen Dobby having one saved before Robbie McCrory punched away a Mark Connolly header at the other end. Five minutes before the break and a miss that Queen of the South would live to rue. Stephen Dobby, he cut the ball across the face of goal. Jack Hamilton was running in, but he couldn't direct it past the goalkeeper from close range and ben Benjamin Seagrace managed to hold on to it at the second attempt. Then right after half-time, 
time, Dundee United took the lead. Nicky Clark whipping in the corner and Mark Connolly was left completely free in the box and he headed home for 1-0. They nearly made it two straight after Liam Smith with a powerful effort from the edge of the box. It looked as if it was going towards the bottom corner but it was tipped just wide by Robbie McCrory. With 20 minutes to go, Declan Glass shifted the ball into his left foot at the edge of the box and he dragged a shot just wide. Queen of the South did have a chance with five minutes remaining to level things. Kevin Holt got up high and he beat United goalkeeper Benjamin Seagrace to the ball but he headed the ball just wide of the mark Dundee United winners again they've only dropped two points in their last 11 outings the full time score from Palmerston Queen of the South nil. Dundee United won and there we are then another exciting day in the wonderful world of Scottish football comes to a close the open line will be here we still have to go to Dunfermline of course there we go producer Andy keeping me in my toes there in my ear because we went there a second ago and it wasn't full time but it is now Roger Hanna it certainly is. The Fermilla nil, Air United won. The perfect start to 2020 for the honest men. They're back to third place in the championship tonight and they've condemned the Fermilla to a fourth consecutive defeat. The pass started brightly. They could have been ahead after seven minutes. Kyle Turner driving high over the bar from 20 yards. Turner was a real thorn in the flesh to air in those early stages. He dragged a shot wide after a break down the left by onloan Greg Kelty after 10 minutes and then just moments later a free kick wide in the left by Turner curled in. It beat everyone including the air goalkeeper by Ross doing, but it rebounded to safety off the far post. Air had hardly been seen at that stage as an attacking force, but the captain Stephen Bell boomed a header off the crossbar from Stephen Kelly's free kick after 16 minutes. Dunfermline were back in the front foot before the break, and airkeeper Ross doing twice had to deny Dunfermline attackers first Kevin Nisbet after 33 minutes, and then Kilty three minutes later after a mix-up on the edge of the air box. But Air struck the only goal of the game on the break after 38 minutes. A slick passing move, the best move of the game. It involved the player manager Mark Kerr he fed the ball to Alan Forrest in the inside left channel his shot looked as if it was going in but Craig Moore extended a leg to divert it past Pals goalkeeper Ryan Scully just to be in the safe side the second half really an non-event then Fimlin huffed and puffed Stevie Crawford tried everything he sent on Joe Thompson he sent on Lewis McCann and young Matthew Todd but the closest we came to a second goal after the break was Kelly of Air United three times denied from distance by Scully Air lost goal scorer Moore near the end after a heavy collision with Scully Michael Moffat coming on for him but in the end even with six minutes added on by referee Mike Roncone the Air United travelling support away to Marais away home happy Super scoreboard man of the match on loan Rangers midfielder Stephen Kelly they tell me Stephen Gerrard quite likes him in this display I can absolutely see why Dunfermline nil. Air United 1 now we're still to bring you the podium for the second half teaser the answer was John Sutton a really good question this afternoon and the podium looks like this John Riley well done to you you were in third place and it was John who was actually watching him live whilst listening to the show so he obviously saw John Sutton and thought mm, he must Tick all the boxes You were right John Ryan Doak was in second place Thank you to Ryan And the winner of the second half teaser The first one of the new decade Is Craig Keatings Well done to Craig Now it's your chance to have your say on the open line 0141 951 1025 What did you make of your team's performance and result today? And if you're a fan of the Premiership Talk to us Tell us what's on your mind Is it January transfers Players in Players out Plans for the winter break Things you can improve on you tell us 0141 951 1025 and we could be speaking to you next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans, Gordon Diel and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, on today's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The perfect time to get your calls in is now. Are you a fan of a lower league team? We out and about at a game today. Maybe you just kept an eye on the score. 
Let us know what you made of it Was it a good day Was it a bad day Maybe it was somewhere in the middle Whatever happened We'd love to hear from you And of course If you're a fan of a Premiership team Not playing at the moment There's still lots to discuss What about transfer targets Who should arrive Who should leave What do you want your team to improve on Over the break 0141 951 1025 The perfect time to call Is now in the Championship Today it finished Alawa 1 Partick Thistle 1 Arbroath 1 Morton 2 Dundee 0 Inverness 2 Dunfermline nil, Air United 1 And Queen of the South nil. Dundee United 1 In Scottish League 1 it finished Airdrie 1 4 for nil. Clyde 3 Stranraer 3 Falkirk 3 Dumbarton 0 Montrose 1 East Fife 0 And Wraith Rovers 2 Peterhead 1 In Scottish League 2 It finished Albion Rovers 0 Stilling Albion 3 Brecon City 1 Cove Rangers 5 Cowdenbeath 3 Annan 1 Elgin City 0 Edinburgh City 1 And Queen's Park 2 Stenhouse Muir 1 Just a selection of the FA Cup results So trying to do the games involving the English Premier League sides It finished Rochdale 1 Newcastle 1 Burnley 4 Peterborough 2 Brighton 0 Sheffield Wednesday 1 Fulham 2 Aston Villa 1 Southampton 2 Huddersfield 0 Preston 2 Norwich 4 And still many games still to come this afternoon uh, Sorry Watford 3 Tranmere 3 would be the last one uh, But various fixtures still to come at 5.31 this evening So keep an eye out for those But in the meantime it's over to you What's on your mind? 0141 951 1025 It's been a nice change for us Hugh Something a bit different We get the chance yeah. to focus more on the lower leagues and um, plenty of drama about But now The floor is open uh, Whether it's Championship League 1, League 2 Or Straight to the Premiership uh, While it's in its winter break If you have a topic there You want to discuss There was that interesting story From St Johnston yesterday About giving three stands To Celtic and Rangers uh, When they Go to McDermott Park mm-hmm. uh, For what will be Crucial matches now In the title race uh, All the speculation About James Tavernier uh, for Newcastle or continuing speculation linking Alfredo Morelos with half the teams in the world uh, and uh, Mohamed El Yunusi for £9 million it says here What about today? What did you make of it across the lower leagues? Well did Fermin for example started the day three points away from the playoff place to go into the Premiership and finished the day three points away from the playoff place to avoid going yep, down yep, yep. from the championship. So uh, it's an amazing league. Partick Thistle, I am told that Ian McCall, who got two penalty kicks, is upset he didn't get a third. Uh, so it'll be interesting. But the point at Alloa uh, is not the worst result ever. Well done, the United, back up to uh, third place by virtue of beating them firmly at East End Park. Uh, Cali Thistle remain in second place. Uh, they'll do the playoffs standing on their head And Dundee United Well It's when Not if they win the title I think, I think the big result In the championship Hugh was um, Morton Morton yeah, ah. yeah. Uh, It was so important That they had to go to A broth this afternoon And pick up something And uh, they got a good win Three points And it moves them uh, You know Further up the league table And uh, I think they'll be delighted With that result today You have to see Inverness Up at uh... Dundee as well is an impressive yeah. uh, piece of work as well You know that gets game trying to cement second place Because I think for me as, as you rightly says I think Dundee United are home and hosed at the moment 
01419511025 Then what's on your mind The ideal scenario Is you've just been at a game And you want to get something Off your chest Well this is the right place To do it But even if you just Watched the results coming in Or even if your team Wasn't involved today We'd love to hear from you 01419511025 On Twitter We are at Clyde SSB Andy's first up Andy's a Partick Thistle fan It was a point in the end Andy What did you make of it? How you doing guys? I said that I said I'd phone back in the day when I phoned last night. Uh, it's a bit disappointing, really. We we should have had the three penalties. Um, one was a handball, one was a push, and then uh, Cardo's pushed in the box as well. But the referee didn't have the onions to give the decision. Um, Bannigan misses a penalty, should put us, you know, through one up. But the amount of chances we had in front of goal today that, that we either missed or uh, the Apple keeper hats, hats off to him. He was the man of the match today. Um, pulled off some probably easily five or six fantastic uh, yeah. top draw saves to to get Al with a point. But I'd, I'd probably say uh, well done to Al as well. I have to say, you know, defensively they were solid today and also their counting attacking uh, is probably some of the best I've seen in the league, to be fair. Uh, but we should have won that today. We, we should have took all three points. And that's that's probably, that's why we're in the position we're in is we're not taking our chances. We need somebody to start putting the Chances into goals does, does that leave you Frustrated Andy Or still a little bit Cautious about What the next couple of months Holds Because it's, it's not a result Which does you a huge Amount of favours But but at the same time that There's still a little bit Of a gap there And the form has been Decent recently It's not like it was A defeat today No um, I, I'd still say I was cautious I think we need to start um, We need to get some players in it. Ian McCall didn't have Much of a team to Pick from today I think there was a few Eyebrows raised At the team that went out uh, it probably wouldn't have been his first choices. I said last night a few guys went back to their parent clubs and things like that. But we really, we really need to do some good business in this uh, transfer window here, just to give us a little bit of depth. Um, the, or the one positive out of this, Andy, is that when you look at the composition of the, the league table, Partick Thistle are only three points off the firm who are in fifth place in the table. You know, so it's not as if um, there's a crisis yeah. in description and. Uh, you can rely on it that Ian McCall will have a handful of targets to bring into Partick Thistle over the course of the January window. So you're only three points off fifth. That's the that's the positive. Yeah. I think if you're listening, Andy, they had created enough chances, potentially a couple of penalties. You know that you would expect them to go on and win, Gordon. But when you come up against a goalkeeper, experienced goalkeeper mm-hmm. like Jamie McDonald, then sometimes it comes difficult. A good piece of business to get him and board for Alor, oh. but. You know, they're actually going in the right direction, whatever way you look at it. There's six wins out of the last ten, a couple of draws in there as well. So, you know, they're yeah, up I, enough points. I still think, uh, Alec, if you're going to really get out of the, the bottom of the league <clears throat> where Partick are trying to get to, no disrespect, you've got to go to Allo and pick up points and three points, not not just the one. Um, okay, Andy's talking about how well they played, but they're still sitting in eighth place. Um, you know, so there's still a lot of work to be done. It'll be interesting to see what Ian does in the, in the January. I th- I think he needs players in. There's no doubt. I think the form, and I think you just touched upon it there. Now they're only three points behind fifth place now, yeah. so there's so many players within that little congested mm. area. Interested to hear that Jamie McDonald had such a good game. You could possibly make a case that he could still do a job for a couple of the. Top flight clubs Absolutely Maybe playing for Alawa uh, At the moment I'll tell you what Andy Hang on the line These are the thoughts Of your manager Ian McCall 
I thought we were pretty dominant throughout the game and uh, I don't know what the stats show, I'm not a big fan of stats, but we missed a penalty, They're the home goalkeeper's one man in the match, I think that kind of tells its own story. I mean, I mean, Allo were always dangerous in the counter-attack, but we had four or five great chances and you know, the one cleared off the line the first half, the big shot's got to score, he knows that. Joe's uh, had a couple of great chances, so it was two points dropped. I, I'm very pleased with how they played and it looks like a different team now, um, but you know, we've got to be more clinical in front of goal. When you see Stuart step up, take another penalty so soon after the one he's yeah. missed, what's going through your mind? Well, listen, you, you want to shout on and stuff, and but basically you just got to encourage him. And you know, he had the, you know, what's to to take it, and he stuck it in. You know, and you know, we're disappointed. If the actual third penalty is the biggest penalty of the lot, and their players and their manager knew that. So um, whether he got the, the, one of the two right or wrong doesn't alter the fact that the third one's a stolen penalty. So. It should be given. Is that extra frustrating when, as you see, it's two points dropped, given what a victory could have done for you today? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's another point, and, uh, you know, I think the league's going to be incredibly tight, um, and, you know, it's our, the run we're on is, is continuing, but it, it, it does feel we were so dominant in the game, it feels like two points dropped. What can you do this month in terms of strengthening the team? Well, we hope we've let three or four go already. Uh, there might be one or two others, I don't know yet, but we're certainly looking to bring in three or four, something like that, yeah. Same question to you Andy What were you thinking When you saw Stuart Bannigan Stepping up to take a penalty Just minutes after He had missed the first one <laughs> I was kind of hoping Somebody else would take <laughs> it But I tell you what He scored it as well But McDonald was close to this Safe in that one as well So I was glad it went in I have to say uh, But Ian McCall's right that, that The third one was probably The, 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 the stone waller out the lot of them And the ref doesn't give it But I, I'm not going to say because we didn't get the penalty, we didn't win. There was enough chances before that, eight, nine chances that we could have, you know, tucked away that we didn't. So, you know, fair play to Allah, they, they, they deserved the point today. We never took our chances. Clearly, referees would tell you if you deserve two penalties, you can get them. If you deserve five penalties, yeah. you can get them. Once you've had two, uh-huh. does, does is it just one of those unwritten things? Getting the third one is a lot less likely. Well, some referees. Is that fair? Yeah, some referees would see it that way. I can't have three penalties. Well, that's the thing. Maybe not even deliberately. Just yeah. I don't know if it's a subconscious thing. Yeah, but but then you've got the example of Andrew Dallas, who gave four penalties to Rangers at Ibrox last season. Uh, he clearly thought it's a penalty. It's a penalty. It's a penalty. It's a penalty. And he gave all four. Uh, I remember Stephen Gerrard saying, "I thought we should have had five penalties," um, but it, it, it's a great. It's a source of frustration for Ian McCall and all concerned that by all accounts, and we didn't see it, but the, the, the biggest penalty claim of all is the one not given. Listen to Andy describing the game there, he's obviously had the game, the chances. It sounds to me like Ian will probably be looking the transfer market to try and get a goal scorer in, Gordon. Because these could be the difference between, obviously, <clears throat> where you're going to finish in the table. And you need somebody, and it is difficult to go and find them, but just listen to the chances that was created uh, uh, today. You need somebody to stick the ball in the back of your net, and I'm sure Ian will be looking down that avenue. Did you go? Did you go along with that, Andy? Ian McCall there talking at the very end of that clip we played about you know trying to do some business. Would that be on the the list of priorities, a striker? Aye, definitely. Um, Kenny Miller. I mean, he's doing a he's a, doing a good job for us, um, but he's, not gonna, he's just kind of playing all over the park these days instead of. Being up front, so we really need somebody that's just going to lead the line. Stay up front, yeah, lead the line and kind of tuck the tuck the goals away for us. 
It's about trying to identify that at the moment I think that's the key thing for him I think there was a disappointment When Ian was speaking there About the amount of chances he created Couple of penalties Dominating games You just want to see them uh, Because the two points does make mm. a big difference You know If you start jumping up a couple of places Then you're looking up what, the way around What, what type of market would Partick this will be in for a striker then Are you looking for someone in the Premiership Who's who's maybe not getting game time Maybe someone from And I'm, I really am just throwing these out randomly Motherwell or, or Kilmarnock You know that, that level of club With a loan Or are you trying to look at someone from, from the lower leagues Who's hitting a bit of goal scoring form And try and tempt them up a level What, what, what I don't think you'll be looking at Is a, a young player You know getting in and picking up a young player Off the Rangers or Celtic I don't think I think you'll be looking for some A wee bit more experienced He's already you, got Kenny Miller though I know though a, a bit younger Gordon uh, Because as Andy was saying there That Kenny Miller's playing all over the pitch They need a recognised centre forward That's going to lead the line for them And when you get into a January window It's not always as easy As you first think Now you could look in the market down in England You know the lower leagues uh, uh, The English uh, football And try and you know Just get a wee gem up And, and it Get them to the end of the season But just listening to Andy there Talking about the chances Talking about you know the way they played Dean's obviously delighted the way they played today But they've still only picked up one point hmm. You know you know what you're talking about Maybe what kind of type of player you're trying to attract If you look at the way he recruited at Air, The boy Stephen Kelly is supposed to be Really turning it up You know those some really good performances If you can identify the right talent You know uh, Zanata did it for Alawa last year Gordon and his goals Effectively kept them in the division uh, So it's a case of trying to get the right one If Because the thing is See if it's a division below Who is actually going to give Your this best old, percent of forward Yeah if you're yeah. scoring goals for fun So yeah. you know you're not going to get a Declan McManus Because Falkirk's yeah. objective is to get up So it's difficult to try and attract players uh, Andy another interesting line that jumped out there Was Ian McCall In terms of the bigger picture He said something along the lines of This team looks completely different now Is, is that something you would go along with? Yeah, I think the passing's a lot better We keep a lot more of the possession There's a bit of creativity uh, Balls are coming in from the wings um, So I, I mean, to where we were at the start of the season To where we are now um, Sometimes I do find it a bit strange That we're still as low down as we are But like I said to you The guys, the guys in the academy, they'll agree with you we, we just need to start tucking these It's the same every week you see against Dundee uh, Two weeks ago I mean, we could easily win that game I said to you when I phoned up then as well There was nobody to put the ball in the net and of course if we've not got somebody to put the ball away And the other team's scoring We're, we're always going to lose or, or drop points You know what I mean? Yeah uh, Roger Hanna's troublemaking He's been in touch to say I know who they should sign Chris Dillon uh, Yeah no, uh, not uh, Mr. Partick But Andy Andy said they're As low as we are They're not If you look at the composition of the league table They're three points off fifth One game One win Away from mm. fifth yeah, I think you're just talking about Purely based on, on the position you know, rather than yeah. rather than the points. Thank you very much to Andy Indram Chapel. Good time to get your call in. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's speak to Michael in Alloa. Hi, Michael. How are you doing, guys? Uh, I hope my wings are okay. <laughs> okay, so far. Hey, happy days. No, I'm just coming back from the Alloa game, driving back. Um, it was a, I, I listened to the party first I was on before, and Ian Boy McCall said party first was dead dominating. There lots of chances for the sea. And what he said was quite true. Out of the three penalties, the, the one that wasn't given looked like the only penalty out of the three. Um, but I felt it was a must-win game, especially for Alloa, to try go. I think it was one point behind Thistle. And now I, I mind the gap's got three or four points. So, 
a wee bit disheartening because it was a good performance, but I know that the team, um, <laughs> three players on the bench are all youth players under the age of 18. I two of the players weren't even fully fit they were playing. You know, we've got a very, very small squad, so I think January is going to be a very important month, and then we'll judge how it goes afterwards. Michael, if you listen to uh, Ian McCall's comments there, he says you've already got three or four out the door. Look no, at that's Aloha, though, he's talking about. Oh, so he's talking about yeah, Aloha. Yeah, 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 yeah so. that, unfortunately, with the finances, then that's that's just the way it is. I, I actually like the brand of football that they're actually playing. Aloha, when I've, when I've seen them, I think, you know, he's trying to do things in the right way. The problem you've got is, is just as, as he said, because you're trying to get as much quality into the squad mm-hmm. as possible, but the budget doesn't stretch. Is that any longer. is that the problem, Michael? Because Aloha have done a lot of good things this season and have been getting some plaudits, and they're doing okay. They're still very much in there, but I suppose the fear for guys like you would be that it just might not be quite enough come May when compared to teams with bigger resources. Um, I think as well, the I mean it's not Aloha's fault, but the late appointment of the manager in terms of the start of the season, obviously Jim, when Jim left, it was quite deep into pre-season things like that, and when Peters came in. Changed a lot in terms of how we're playing. I think it was Alex just said there the way we're playing, the brand of football. Jim was a bit more like pragmatic in his approach, maybe. Um, whereas Peter's wanting the ball on the deck straight away, you know, your centre half from deep passing out from the back, all that stuff, which is very difficult to do at a full time level, never made a part time level. And again, I think there was maybe a couple of one players that never came through, things like that. But if Hopefully, if Jamie McDonald's a sign of the kind of players he's eyeing up, then that's fantastic because he's been absolutely brilliant. I'll be their home. I'll be their home record if they're going to try and stay in here. I think it'll be their home record, Gordon. But to uh, be fair, so far <coughs> they're picking up as many points uh, away as they are. At home, yeah, right yeah, now. I know. But f- over a piece, I think that your home record is try and get the points on the board. I think that a one-one against Partick today is a good result. Uh, I did say that I fancied them to get a point because I know how difficult it is to go. But you've got to say, one thing you know about Peter Grant, um, nobody works harder. He's in there every single right. day. He's watching videos, he's planning training, he's doing everything he possibly can because he is fighting against most of the teams that are full-time. They're a part-time team. Uh, OK, a broth in that league's a part-time team as well. So it shows you the job Dick Campbell is doing up there. I know they get beat today. But I just think, I was with Alec, when I watched him against Dundee United at home, I was very impressed with the brand of football they played. The, but the, they've got to get results. The biggest negative of the day for Aloha is Morton winning yeah. at Gayfield. Because Morton were resembling a side whose form was going through the floor. And today they've uh, found the result out of the blue. Uh, but, as Ian McCall said, the, the league is so tight that it's not over for Aloha, not by a long chalk. Uh, and anything could yet happen. Alwa are in the lowest position and look the least likely to survive, but long way to go, and there's only four points in it. I know you won't want to move them on, Michael, but from what you're saying, could Jamie McDonald step back up to the Premiership and do a job and go? Oh, 100%. I mean, the reason Jamie came in was because our original keeper, Neil, pa- Neil Parry, who's an outstanding keeper and probably could do higher as well, got a bad injury season long. And I I don't think anyone's maybe expecting Jamie. I think he was in the paper saying that he wants to be somewhere but doesn't want to sit on the bench. So, I mean, if he goes to a Prem team and goes there and starts brilliant, but if not, and if he's interested in playing games and stays, I think there's no reason why he, he, he would stick around. 
Great stuff, thank you very much That was Michael in Alawa It's 01419511025 Just like Michael, just like Andy Before him, were you at a lower league game today? If you were, give us a call Let us know what you made of it And if you're a fan of a Premiership team You might not be in action at the moment But that doesn't mean you won't have something on your mind Transfers, winter training camps Areas for improvement after the break So many possibilities Let's hear from you Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader for compensation Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans, Gordon Diel and Alex Ray are here And they're waiting to hear from you Whether you're a fan of a team which played today Or the fan of a team which is about to head off to the sunshine We'd still love to hear from you Whatever is on your mind, give us a call 01419511025 And if you would rather tweet Then you can find us at ClydeSSB uh, Let's go straight back onto the phones And speak to Hayden Who's a Motherwell fan from Paisley Hi Hayden hey, Hi guys, how are you doing? Not too bad at all What's on your mind tonight? Um, what it is, I've been listening to the podcast this morning I know you spent quite a bit of time talking about the Old ticket situation at uh, McDermott Park mm-hmm. um, So it was just, I feel like I've had a to be honest with you Because I'm a Motherwell fan um, And I remember when John Boyle took over the second time um, When we came out of administration And he gave the Old Firm the uh, David Cooper stand um, And I was standing with my season ticket in East Town Saying that Cooper was for well And that we hadn't forget it And got off my head but um, this season, I don't know if you know, but we also used to give uh, the old firm about 2,000 seats to the Philadelphia stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, we've we've taken that back, um, which I can kind of understand the argument for, but um, we've taken that back. And the club's recently posted a loss of around half a million pounds, which was pretty much solely made up of uh, war ticket sales um, and gate receipts. Um, so uh, I, just, I, I just think that I can understand the sort of other guys that sat in the main stand. I can understand them not wanting to share a stand with the old firm, but I think that you need to make the most of um, the money when you can get it, especially for a team at Marvel who don't have a big benefactor to sort of a bail us out for these. Exactly, exactly. Why yeah. put yourself in financial bother because somebody objects for one day being moved to another seat? I've looked into the St Johnston. Statement and why they have done What they have set out to do They tried everything To grow a home support They offered a, an incentive Where if you had a season ticket And you brought along a pal The pal would get in for £10 They tried everything Didn't help the attendances And so now the Brown family Now before Stephen was the chairman His dad Jeff was the chairman The Brown family have put in plenty To St Johnson over the years they're now saying, well, we've tried everything, so we're going to move our fans to the main stand and the Celtic and Rangers fans can have the other three stands. You can't betray people who don't turn up. So those who don't turn up have left St Johnston with no other recourse but to do what they are doing now. And that would apply to Motherwell as well. You're right. <coughs> we stood in the studio with Alan Burrows, the, the Motherwell CEO, and we listened to him talk about how every season... He does his sums and everything is about money. Keeping the club solvent, keeping the club going. Don't deny yourself money just yeah, because you get complaints. I'm not sitting there for a day. But, but to be fair though, he, what Hayden's just illustrated, and it's interesting that yes. you mentioned Alan Burrows, is that it's actually, even if you think it's the right or the wrong thing to do, it's not the no-brainer that people are making out because Hayden's, tell, Hayden's club, Alan Burrows, has taken the decision to reduce the number of Celtic or Rangers fans that get into Fir Park because they no longer have 
that section of the Phil O'Donnell stand Now you're right So Alan Burroughs stood here on the show He knows all well the importance of money But there's clearly a balance to be found Otherwise why did he take that decision? Well, why did he do it? I'd like to hear from Alan Burroughs uh, But if I'm going to guess it's something to do with relationship With your own fans that you get every other game During the season yeah, Well, The match day experience um, There was a big thing about Motherwell Trying to make the match day experience better um, And I can understand that I do get it As I say But what I think they should have done then is Instead of having a split stand With home fans and away fans Give them the fill uh, the, Sorry the David Cooper stand And just move to but is that not what you didn't want? You just said earlier yeah. on, Hayden, you hated it back in the days when yeah. they had both stands. But that that was when I was a wee bit younger and maybe slightly less um, wise to sort of a how hey, the world first, go round. Uh, yeah, exactly. Of, I mean. First of all, the match day experience requires you to be in the top division. If you get extra money, that enables your manager, Stephen Robinson, to perhaps bring in more players or better quality players. The the onus is on Motherwell To be the best they can be If you get Celtic and Rangers to help pay for that mm-hmm. Good yeah, but That's the thing I'm not even arguing against it I'm just looking for an acknowledgement I'm yeah, looking absolutely. for an acknowledgement That it's it's not this It's not it's not, a, it's not an open and shut No brainer That there clearly is more to consider yes. Otherwise Alan Burrows or anyone else like him wouldn't have done yeah, it. There must there must be more to it. Gordon, there is more to it. There's health and safety as well in terms of segregation and all sorts of things. It's about trying to find a way where you can maximise the the match day experience for your own fans plus cater for as many people as possible. And it's up to the mm-hmm. clubs to try and do it. And I look at Aberdeen as well at times. You look four, five, six thousand fans, mm-hmm. uh, spare seats. You look at command look at times uh, in the last couple of years as well. You know, the the goal to your right hand side from the main stand. You know, saying it's a family section, but there's only a couple of hundred people there. They could fill that queue and uh-huh. relocate for one day, and it would allow people to kind of fa- uh, use the facilities. Because there's a football is just a complicated juggling act, like everything, Hugh. Because I'm sure there would be times that Hayden mentions when Mother- Hayden's brought Motherwell into it because he's he's a Motherwell fan. fan but of yeah. course, we were talking about St. Johnson. There will have been times when Celtic and Rangers did have more. Fans at Fir Park And therefore Motherwell made more money uh-huh. But the team wasn't as good as it is now So it's not always as automatic as being Let's just get every single penny we possibly can And everything yeah. else will be fine Football and money in this country are indivisible though and To an extent Well, you know, I mean If you're Celtic <coughs> and Rangers and Aberdeen Yeah, you're fine But there's a lot of hard luck stories elsewhere uh, And I think, you'd first of all on principle You don't deny yourself money Yeah That's probably the key part uh, And You know Sometimes it, it is for one day You know And you're, you're back in your seat For other games And I do appreciate That many people say I don't want to go When Celtic play Motherwell Or when Rangers play Motherwell Because they don't want to go And listen to their songs And all the rest of it I understand mm. that Um But Hugh, at the Hugh's... same time you, you, you can't deny your club The opportunity then If you're not going you can't deny your club the opportunity to sell as many tickets as they can to compensate. Yeah, I can. I can understand both sides of the argument because you've got to first and foremost look after your own supporters. First and foremost, but I totally agree with you about if there's people willing to come to you, like St Johnston, you 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 were talking about there. If there are people willing to fill fill those stands and put money into their pockets, then you've got to get them. And you can't knock back money nowadays in football. Because you're right, it can help you. And Gordon's come out with a great argument there saying, well, 
when we had more Rangers fans in, but the team wasn't as good as what that boiled down to whatever the management team's doing yeah, then. That, that's mm. that's what I'm saying though. I just I just think you can always you can rather, you, can, you can spend your money wisely rather you know there's just there's just a lot to take into account just because you have more of it unless it's a considerable amount more. Doesn't necessarily impact the the, the result. Better. On, of course, it helps. Listen, yeah. I'm not trying to pretend that it doesn't. Yeah. No, listen. I think listen. I think there's a lot of good arguments for and against this. For me, aesthetically, when you actually get television cameras and oh, things at these grounds, and I think that's the bit no packed. one can argue with. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Hayden, what about your team at the moment? What are you looking for during this break? What what needs to be done? Whether it's on on the squad in terms of personnel or maybe just improvements. Um, so uh, obviously, we need a striker. Um, to replace Devante Cole but I think um, the the main priority should be trying to tie up what we already have um, I heard a guy on last night as well saying about Jamie Murphy um, as much as I love Jamie Murphy when he was with us the first time I, I don't think we need I know he started off as a sort of a more striker but he's been playing in the latter part of the year as a sort of a winger and we've got stacks with him at the minute um, so I don't think we need that but we've got players like obviously our two goalkeepers Trevor Carson and uh, Mark Gillespie Mark Gillespie yeah thanks um, they're both out of contract at the end of the season um, Declan Gallagher I think so only out of contract at the end of next season which isn't too far away so I'd rather try and get him tied up um, yeah I mean Hayden makes a good point Alex and this yeah. this is where everyone gets a bit interested because Celtic and Rangers need to move some players on yeah there are some and, and at this stage I make no secret about this You are speculating Because it's only the 4th of January You know, Not a lot's happened But you can see why people are looking at someone like Jamie Murphy And saying well Probably doesn't have a future at Rangers And he, and he used to play for Motherwell yep. and you, you kind of put them together But it will be interesting to see which Of the What's your phrase that you're not allowed to use? Deadwood Deadwood, the Deadwood. Yes. Uh, Ends up maybe elsewhere In but, our Premiership well, I'll, I'll give you a couple of names that some, just as a suggestion, a team like Motherwell could possibly. The boy Doherty in the middle of the park, Greg Doherty or uh, Jamie Murphy, good couple of examples. Uh, if you wanted to add another defender, you could go for the boy Henry, who uh, at is Celtic. at Celtic, yeah. or Lewis Morgan for a wee bit of pace. So there's, there's players within the price range that you could actually go and get. Yeah, these are all guys that you wouldn't be surprised to see elsewhere in our top flight, would you? Um, yeah, they'll they'll move on, Gordon. Because I mean, look at what it did for Ryan Christie. Exactly, exactly. And and as a professional player, you don't want Play. you don't want you through your career training every single day and hardly playing any games. It's all about the memories of playing, the enjoyment of playing. You work out for it all week. You want to get out in that part, show what you can do. So, no, I think there'll be um, a few players moving on, and, and, and Alex talking about decent, decent players here yeah. that could certainly go to a. A motherball, a Hamilton, a Kamarnock, and make a difference. No, what do. When Celtic and Rangers go to Fair Park, they should give them three stands, and that way we could pay for Jamie Murphy and Jack Henry to come from Celtic. Hayden's saying he doesn't want them, regardless of the money. Hayden's not the manager, <laughs> but he's a paying customer. Yeah, but he's not the manager. Neither are you. Manager decides who he wants to say. He's probably closer to being the mother manager than you are. But like he's making the big decisions Doesn't suit no. his argument Don't back down Hugh Don't back no, no. down 01419511025 Thank you very much to Hayden in Paisley Liam is an air fan on the line What's on your mind tonight Liam? Hi how are you doing? Um, just, I'm on my way back to Eastern Park Just first of all I'd like to congratulate A United for winning the day um, Because I got a couple of last week's been a rough patch for us um, We managed to get the three points here the day But I was listening to Ian McCall's interview earlier mm-hmm. and he's saying he's going to um, get maybe three or four players 
in January. Yeah. And if I was a betting man, I could say he's going to take four of these for United. <sighs> not a chance. Four? Not a chance. Air United are not going to leave their players go, particularly when they've got a chance of the playoffs. Who, who's in danger to leave? players. Go on. So he'll go for Daniel Harvey, Luke McGowan. He's already signed Ross Stockerty in a six month contract, and that was announced in December. So I don't know how he managed that because co- he couldn't speak to him until January. And we Alan Forrest Well he certainly <clears throat> He certainly knows the players He's worked with them uh, It'll be interesting Because that's what usually happens Is that a manager Will go back to his old club And try and poach one or two But I think that For Air United To allow four of their top players to go I would be absolutely astonished When they're sitting in third place In the playoffs just now Yeah I guess so Depending on the contract situations though If if it's in Air's best interest For for, for some of them And I don't know I I can speak on behalf of all four Gordon see from my experience One of the issues that you have is So as an example I'm not exactly sure who's out of contract to Air But as an example Alan Forrest is out of contract in the summer Hugh Uh Ian McCall signs him in the pre-contract in January and goes That's the, done, the deal done Going forward mm-hmm. And the player goes to the To the manager and goes Listen My heart's not really I'm already on the way out the door Yeah And I've had I had that exact same situation With Derek Lyle And it became a nightmare Because he'd signed for Hamilton when we were both going We'd done D Hamilton For the for the title does And people were saying Let him go And I'm thinking But if I let him go Who do I get To mm-hmm. replace him Because mm-hmm. you're not going to get that quality I'm trying to think of The real good examples Of managers who've gone And then you know, Stole for their, their old their old club. Everyone feared that you know. Will Brendan Rodgers come for for Tierney and McGregor yeah. and Iron? And it never never well, happened. He tried, he tried I, I, to get no, McGregor, did he? Yeah, didn't summer. come to much. I, I've spoken to Ian McCall, and I know the high regard he has for the players he left behind at Air United. But it would be, and I hate to bring morals into football, but it would be morally wrong to give away four of your players to a team uh, when you. Have the obligation to go for the playoffs and to try and get into the top division. It would be morally wrong. Is that a real fear amongst you and your, your fellow Air fans, Liam? Well, uh, that's it. I mean, he signed our captain, Ross Doherty. So it was announced just before January that he signed in a six month contract. Um, sorry, he's signed for him. But he couldn't speak to him until January and it was announced in December. So, so he's, see, he's already took a captain. Liam, see, just to, to get this, does that mean that the, your captain's going in January? No, so or, so next he's, got a, he's signed on a free contract. Yeah, he's, he's moving in the summer. All right, okay. So the the, the the thing is, ideally, you can't speak to someone until the first of January. That is how it normally mm-hmm. works, guys. Because that the papers. Yeah, it was announced. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was remember uh, just uh, just before Christmas, I think, about a week before. Uh, it was before Christmas. So how how can he speak to him and he signs a free contract when he can't? Officially speak to him until January. No, I don't so, know. So one thing I hate in football Maybe. is the break contract. Yeah, yeah I really what's, do. What's worth bearing in mind, probably, and Fraser Wish will help us out on this, that that contract might actually have been due to run out at the end of May. You know, rather than. Oh, so, so it's it, it back a little bit? Does, does that I'm give you sure. a little. Because it'll be six months before, isn't it? That's generally my understanding of it. Six months if, before. If there was anything. So, so what we're arguing over about a week or two here, yeah. and I know why it's frustrating for Liam, but there's probably an innocent explanation in there. If there was anything untoward, Air United as a club would have spoken out by this time. Yeah. Because you don't just stand by and watch something happen that isn't allowed to happen. So there can be nothing wrong with what is taking place. Otherwise, Air United 
would have made their disregard for what's going on public by this time. Well, Liam, it's going to be one to watch during the January window. So stay in touch with us. That was Liam from Air 01419511025. This is the perfect time to give us a call. Did your team play today? Even if they didn't, what does the January window hold for your team? Give us a call and we could be speaking to you next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, Hugh Keevans, Gordon Diel, and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan. We'll try and, and keep Alex interested for the next 10 minutes. The problem is the Wolves, Wolves Man United game's just been stuck on the TV. What a save. He kicks every ball, he swears quite often, but luckily <laughs> the, the microphone is back on, so I'm hoping he's, he's going to get it together. Uh, would you like to just, paraphrase that? So just, no, no, I'll leave that to you. We did, to be fair, just see a top save to deny your beloved Wolves, didn't we? Yeah, what an unbelievable one handed, strong save. From a guilt edge chance But would you say You would have done with it? I would have had to Into the ground <laughs> Yeah um, David Healy's on Twitter Just on the back of that Discussion about Giving Celtic and Rangers Three stands I'm not sure who David supports I think it might be St Mirren They're not really relevant He says I'll tell you what Hugh Let Celtic and Rangers Play all their games at home Then they can just give The gate receipts to the smaller clubs And be done with it That way we can keep them happy After all If it's just about money Do away with the home advantage well, that's the typical narrow-minded attitude you get, you know, from people who say, "I'm not moving my seat. I've sat sat here for twenty-five years, and so on and so forth." Not within the rights to at least, uh, yeah, voice Pro- that though. Protest by all by all means, but at the end of the day, Stephen Brown understands how hard it is to keep St Johnston going, and has tried everything and does not get the level of response from his public that he wants, and. Regrettably He will feel He's going to give Celtic and Rangers Three stands Because he knows It will profit St Johnston And The Brown family Have put in Long years Keeping St Johnston afloat Let's hear from Robbie Nielsen We've got some calls Lined up But let's hear from The Dundee United boss They beat Queen of the South 1-0 It's still 14 points Because Inverness Also won But of course It's a game less It's a game towards the title Let's hear what he had to say just happy to get the three points and get, get up the road. It's a, a very difficult place to come. With a, you know, we've got a good team and it's a, a very hard surface to play any football on. So, you know, last time we came in, we get turned over. Today, we're just, it's just about winning and getting home. You know, I think the first half, we, we passed it quite well through the lines, but even to get through, it's difficult to get any quality just because it's bouncing up and spinning everywhere. So, second half, we get the goal and just happy to see it. Robbie, in, in, in August, could you ever have envisaged you'd be this far ahead? I think. When you play at Dundee United, you're expected to win every week. So we get every every game that we look at throughout this campaign. I'm expecting to win it where we're home and away. So I think, you know, we're sitting in a very good position. We're very pleased. We've still got 16 games to go. You know, I think the next probably two months will be are, are very important to try and keep that lead and build on that league and not give them a sniff at all. We've managed to do that today. I think the teams will look at. I was going to Dumfries getting turned over four now the last time. I think they've got a chance. They'll come in after the game and we've got a one 0 scraped at three points. The games are starting to total down So I'm pleased where we are But there's still a lot of work Go on then I'll put you in the spot Since yes. it's January Are they going to be the first team in Britain yes. To wrap up the title? Yeah Do you know how many more wins you need to you? For me Seven wins Out as he say 16 games didn't he? Yep Seven wins secures it There you go It's an amazing stat so Seven points uh, As it currently stands in the, seven, Would that not take them to 70 points? 21 but, points 25 49 would take them Oh to sorry I've not moved my yeah, so I think 70 points would uh, more or less guarantee it does. Yeah. 
And they deserve it I mean they've been consistent Ironically As Andrew McLean pointed out At the start of the programme today Most consistent of all After they got well and truly turned over By Queen of the South When they lost 4 nothing there There was a lot of uh, nudge nudge wink wink going on Well the, not as good as they think Hugh, but they'll, they cer- are. they'll certainly come up But I've got a funny feeling After watching them a few times this season That they'll need a big change If they go to stay up yeah. You know, you've been going on all day about you know they're a Premier League club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we stadium everything like that. I think they're a Championship team. Yeah, and I think there'll be a, a lot more investment needed and a real change there. Yeah, mm. we've, we've all drawn attention to the Alloa defeat that Dundee United suffered. The Queen of the South defeat was a heavy one. Yeah, uh, therefore Gordon Dale's right that they are a Championship team with a Premiership. Status mm-hmm. uh, Gary's a Celtic fan on the line We're going to get to him in just a second Let's quickly hear from Peter Grant though Alloa and Partick Thistle drawing one all uh, Referee at the centre of a few things Here are the thoughts of the Alloa boss Frustration, probably an understatement As I say, become like a broken record really I think some of the decisions Which I said after the first penalty He's desperate to give another one I had like a word out of my mouth and the penalty kick was given. I just thought, how can the ball begin 30 yards by the post and over the bar become a penalty kick? And I've watched it back. Actually, Cardo's actually fell, and Young Blair's sort of put his hands on his back as Cardo's fell, and he gives a penalty kick, which is disgusting, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought it was a proper game. I thought two teams tried to win. Jamie McDonald had some great saves for distance. A couple of good ones, you know, as expect from him. But their goalkeeper always had good saves as well, so... I thought it was a proper game for the championship, you know, and I just think you see two teams there that's trying to win a game of football and I'm just disgusted that it was somebody else's taking the headlines. Your chance in the first half, um, Scott Fox saved, do you think it crossed the line? Well, it's difficult because of position, and I can't make that decision, obviously, but the, the penalties I can because I can see them, watch them back. The other one I've not seen, I can honestly say the only thing I would say when Scott saved it, he's actually... Puts an net, hits the net as he, he saves it. So I don't know whether that Scott's hit the ball first, so I couldn't pass on that one. But this is the thing I talk about the dialogue with the referees, the assessors, whoever you want to call it, come to the games and tell us, well, what did you think of that? Did you look at back of what happens? Instead of coming back and apologising and saying, oh, yeah, that was an error or that was a mistake. Because if they're penalty kicks, God almighty. Well, I did say to you, I would like to hear Peter Grant's analysis of these penalty awards. And uh, I don't think that you need to concern yourself over that analysis. He's not very happy. Um, he said a thing that Stephen Gerrard said a few weeks ago. You that, don't that, like that phrase, no, do you? No, the, I, I the referee, totally agree with you. The referee couldn't wait. That's a that's a, an assessment you can't really make because if the referee says, I don't know what you're talking about. I just gave it because I thought it was a penalty. How do you prove that this man couldn't wait to give a penalty It's like saying it couldn't wait To send somebody off How do you know that? How do you prove that? Peter Grant not happy at all Let's finish with Gary and Blantyre Hi Gary Hi lads uh, First of all Happy New Year to you all Same, Same to you, you Gary right. um, Just wanted to pick up on a, It's a phrase that, that Hughes made Over the past few years uh, And it was when Rangers beat Celtic in penalties In the, the Cup semi-final I think it was 2016 um, Rangers beat Celtic in penalties and Hugh called that a watershed moment um, where Celtic kind of woke up, smelled the coffee and went out and got Brendan Rodgers. Now, I would hope that the last two Old Firm games 
even though we won the final, I think everybody would agree, uh, regardless of how green can beat your specs are, everybody would agree that Rangers deserve to win that final. Rangers played Celtic off the park last week as well at uh, Celtic Park. Um, hopefully that last week is a watershed moment, but, but uh, the same as the one we had when they beat in the semi-final. We need to wake up. We've got loads of money in the bank. Get eight million in cash in the last financial results before the twenty five million that came to and got us. Probably about four million maybe from Mr. Dembele if he if he moves. Rangers are a threat. And see Celtic fans that kind of put their head in the sand. They need to wake up. This is a this is a challenge. I Rangers agree. are there. I agree with you, Gary. I agree with you one hundred percent. And uh, you know, I, I think I was proved correct when I said that um, when Dermot Desmond looked around him at Hamden after Rangers had won penalty kicks, and he thought, "I'm not having this," uh, and he got in Brendan Rodgers and got rid of Ronnie Dyla. That was the moment that that changed everything. Um, you're right. The Betfred Cup final, Celtic got away with it. And in the league game, they didn't get away with it because Rangers were physically stronger, individually better. And the worrying thing, they were hungrier. And this is what Celtic have to address over the next four weeks because, I repeat, and you're right, the result against Rangers has spooked Celtic. Can you really compare those two, though, in terms of being as much of a watershed moment? I mean, that, that day came during a time under Ronnie Dyler where Celtic won, oh, I'm doing this off the top of my head, three out of the six domestic trophies available. Yeah. Celtic weren't in a great place at that time. Yeah. This Celtic at the moment, yes, they were outplayed by Rangers in the last game and lost. Yes, they were outplayed in the game before, albeit they won the cup. But this is still a team that, at the moment... Has won the last 10 trophies yeah, yeah. in a row Can uh, you can you really compare This period and that period no, Gary? I, I, I'm not Back in back in You're on your back go back in. Right so We've got Like I say 30 million pounds in the bank In the last financial results 25 million for Cairn Tierney So there's 50 odd million Rangers Results for like 14 million pounds in debt Rangers should not be near Celtic We have We've took a shot off the gas We've just We've let them catch up And We've just been so arrogant and so kind of obnoxious And just kind of I, They're not really a threat Well I say wake up All that Gary is threat. asking After the Betfred final The Celtic fans said Celtic can't possibly play that badly again Against Rangers And they did The very next time they met Rangers All that Gary is asking Celtic And the supporters to do Is to understand That Rangers are there now yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. I just, the reason I was, I'm just asking about the comparison. I'm not disagreeing. No, I'm asking. The, the, I'm asking. You're if quite you're right. You're quite right. There is no comparison to the the Ronnie Dyla Brendan Rodgers moment because Celtic were all over the place at that time. However, all that Gary is asking is to understand the pendulum has started to swing. Only Celtic can stop it swinging all the way to a change of champion. OK, Gary and Blantyre, thank you very much for the call. A conversation I'm sure we can have again in the future, so do stay in touch. But that brings us to a close on Saturday's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Thank you very much for Gary. Hugh, sum up what we witnessed today and what we've got coming up in the, the weeks that are about to follow. We had excitement. We had Dundee United confirm their status as a Premiership side elect. They will win the title. Partick Thistle and Alloa fought out a very tense draw which has drawn all sorts of comment from both managers over the penalty kicks given and not given 
uh, And it's as tight as can be In the bottom half of that league So much more excitement to come Thank you to Hugh, to Gordon and Alex And to the top team all around the grounds The biggest thanks as always though goes to you Thank you for listening and staying in touch On Twitter and on the phones We're back at 6 o'clock on Monday Hugh Keevans will be in the studio Alex Ray will be alongside him All we need is for you to join us In the meantime just stay right there You can get your weekend started It's GBX time Cassie's in for George I'm sure you'll enjoy that one Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.